very odd feeling. I know it's a bit cringe to lament the passing of a celebrity when there are other things happening in the world, including people dying in wars and floods and any other horrible thing going on at the moment, but yeah, it's it's still yeah, like quite hard to believe. Um, I think for the non-sports fan there'd be a fair bit of amusement about the outpouring of grief for Shane Warne the uh, the non-sports fan I imagine would see Shane as a bit of a bogan who cheated on his wife and was a bit full of himself What what's to celebrate about that um, for the rest of us who are sports fans and who have grown up with this larger-than-life character in our lives, it's more shocking than hearing, of, potentially, of hearing of things happening in other places because, well, it has a bigger effect because, particularly for the passionate cricket fan, a part of your life's gone. If cricket's a big part of your life, warning was a big part of cricket, therefore, part of you's gone. And, and I think that... It, I think people who are not sports fans need to try and understand that as a way of comprehending where the outpouring of grief for a cricket player sits with everything else happening in this shit show at the moment. Yes, he was a bogan. Yes, he cheated on his wife. Yes, he was full of himself. the non-sports fan would probably wonder why that gets forgiven because he's good at spinning a ball around. I don't think it's forgiven. You can be a sports fan, love Warney, be amazed at his contribution to the sport. It doesn't mean you condone, you know, the uh, toll his antics took on his family and all the rest of it. It, I think it speaks to a larger thing where we actually, as Australians, don't really want all our heroes to be clean cut. It's probably a good thing to think about. It's hard to think about right at the moment, but if you think about people who are idolised, how many of them are actually clean-cut, run-of-the-mill, no dodgy stuff in the background, just goes straight home to his family when his work's done or her work's done. Um, yeah, it's, it's probably a good discussion if I had anyone here to discuss it with. And for the life of me, I, I can't really think of many people. I mean... Steve War is actually <laughs> one of Shane's, uh, not one of Shane's favourite people, but he's probably the best example of the hero that is clean cut. Uh, I, I suppose, depending on whether you consider lethal sledging to be a vice or not. But. 
yeah, there is something to be said. And I suppose, I don't know how uniquely Australian it is about having that hero who is deeply flawed. And, and you know, if he was a really good leg spinner and had none of those other elements to his personality, he wouldn't be <laughs> um, as renowned as he was. He wouldn't be seen the way he was seen, obviously. It, 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 it makes me wonder why there aren't more sports people like that brutally open brutally honest flawed clearly flawed and win at all costs if you if you look at his recent documentary he's honest about the fact that his family came second because he was a sports person because he was a competitor and his attitude was win at all costs so in order to win at all costs his focus had to be on cricket all the time I mean that's a huge thing to to admit to the world that your family was not uppermost in your thoughts for a huge chunk of your life it's hard to read all the social media stuff and articles going people want to be polite because someone's died but so much of what made Warney Warney is not for polite discussion. I, I did notice one article where Ian Healy was saying he was surprised Warney had died of a heart attack rather than skin cancer because uh, he wasn't great at putting on sunscreen. Completely baffling, of course, to see that written in an article the day we learnt that Shane died, but people grieve in different ways, I suppose. Rod Marshall be pissed, that's all I know. I'm sitting here watching the first session of the Aussies in Pakistan on day two while I'm recording this. I don't know where a wicket's coming from, quite honestly. Uh, Imam Al-Haq, 137 currently. Azhar Ali, 79. Cummins bowled a fast off spinner before. That's where we're at currently in the ideas department. So, yeah, this so odd that a month ago we were annoyed that Australia was too good and flogging England too much and now we can't buy a wicket currently. Test cricket eh? And then there's India-Sri Lanka going on at the moment. I'm very confused like well, not very confused, but it's it's odd to look at the uh, ICC World Test Championship ladder at the moment. Sri Lanka up on top. With the Aussies second, Pakistan third, and South Africa fourth. India's five, and New Zealand six. Um, yeah, very odd. And somehow India and England have played five matches already and Sri Lanka's played two I don't understand how that works anyhow that's me not understanding how something works is not necessarily interesting podcasting
crap, 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 chat. Yeah, I don't know that there's... It's that weird week where there's no NRL trials, but there's no NRL competition. So it's just that week where there's no games on and clubs are just hoping no one does anything stupid because they're so close to running on. There's bound, someone's bound to do something dumb in the last little hurdle before the season starts. Um, if anyone knows how Tavita Pengai Jr. got away without a ban for trying to punch someone in the head in the trial game, let me know on the socials, please. What's the go? Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, any any case you can think of for, for why trying to punch someone in the head who did literally nothing to him um, doesn't result in any kind of ban I'd love to hear it uh, I'm going to have uh, a couple of guests on next uh, next recording next week hopefully I did say I was going to talk about AFL I'm not I lied about that, sorry but hopefully I can bring some people on who can tell me a bit more about it next week I'd like some thoughts on what they think about the upcoming season uh, funnily enough one of the people who I want to come on said that they had nothing interesting to say about sport and I said that's why I'm getting you on to talk about AFL <laughs> zing zing indeed everybody um, shall, I, shall I go out with a uh, famous sporting fiasco you might remember last year I'd found a book in my son's room that I'd never seen before. I don't know how it got there. It's called Famous Sporting Fiascos and it's got one of those funny cartoon covers in a slightly Max Walker style where um, the there's a batsman and a wicketkeeper and for some reason the batsman's buttocks have burst into flames. Um, not really explained in the picture but both batsman and wicketkeeper look surprised, so let's assume that it's not the wicketkeeper who's set the batsman's ass alight. Uh, anyway, Famous Sporting Fiascos is written by Stephen Winkworth. And the blurb here says a side-splitting score sheet of own goals, no balls, gaps and blunders. So I'm going to open at a random page and see what tales of wonder I might see right here. Lost Eagle. Alright, here we go. Could This could be anything. Settle in. When you are hunting in vain for your lost golf ball, or, like Allitson at Hove Cricket Ground, trying to prize the last ball out of the woodwork of the pavilion, spare a thought for a sporting pioneer who went searching in the backwoods of Eagle Harbour, California, and was never seen again. What? The name of Julius T. Nashazel is revered by frisbee throwers the world over. The Julius T. Nashazel Cup commemorates this great thrower and searcher who never gave up, who never gave up, and may, for all we know, still be camped out somewhere in the wilds, grizzled and bearded, doggedly following the trail of the lost frisbee. The cup itself, a splendid contraption consisting of one outsized galvanized tomato tin, 
welded to a beer can and resting upon the lid of a container which once held coffee, is awarded to the team champion every year. What kind of complete ass is this? We're meant to believe that there was a frisbee championship going on. Someone threw it off into the rough, went looking for it and disappeared. Never to be seen again. Is this what this is trying to tell us? I'm going to have to Google this. Let's see what Julius T. Nazarshell brings up on the old Googles. Okay, so this is saying that... This is saying nothing. I can't find anything. Shouldn't there be a Wikipedia page? I don't know. I'm not going to sit here. I'll try and find out about Julius T. Nazarshell by next episode. I I find this hard to believe that he looked so hard for a frisbee he never came back. We're like it's a frisbee. Just come back. Go buy another one. Crowdfunded. If if you're really that poor that you need to risk your life to find a frisbee. I don't know what the crowdfunding options were at that time, but you know, do something, ask around. It's a frisbee. That's not commitment, that's just a mad person. Anyway, maybe I won't write him off until I do a little more research, but next week, I'll have the answers. Goodbye. This is an Angry Chimp podcast. <laughs>